Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tyler Lyons with ASIM Capital, and we're going to get to hear a bit of, a, a bit more, excuse me, about him, his dreams, his goals, and how we can help. Tyler, how you doing? Doing very good. How are you, Timmy? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, man. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, sounds good. So I'm Tyler Lyons. I'm uh, currently a partner and director of investments at ASM Capital. We're a uh, commercial real estate firm who focuses on investing in countercyclical commercial real estate assets with best in class real estate sponsors. So I've been uh, with ASM Capital for about, it's been about five months now. I uh, left my W-2 job over the summer to start working with ASIM full-time, and it's been an absolute blast. I'm just, I'm absolutely enjoying it. It's been a, uh, a massive lifestyle upgrade, and, and we can dive into that a little bit later if you want to. But yeah, just to tell you a little bit more about myself. So I, uh, yeah, I grew up in a, in a small town here in Michigan, and uh, you know, my background professionally is I uh, you know, started out working in public accounting. So I got my CPA and, and went that whole route and did that for, for several years. Then after that, I worked for uh, several years for a large company in corporate finance. And you know, on the side, I started investing in real estate and eventually uh, started working with uh, ASIM Capital this summer. And in terms of uh, what I like to do for fun, I mean, pretty much anything athletic, I'm really, really into. I, I played sports growing up. I, uh, I played uh, football, basketball, and baseball growing up. So sports and, and fitness and just doing active stuff, it's always been part of my DNA and it's always been just part of who I am. So any more these days, really, really love working out. I uh, you know work out usually about three or four times a week. So that's something that's just, uh, it's really been part of my routine for a very long time. And in those situations where, you know, whether I get really busy or if I got out of my routine for whatever reason, I miss workouts, it really does start to affect me. So I really like to work out. I feel like it, uh, it, it just makes my brain work so much better. You know, you, you feel better, you think better. Everything seems to work better when you work out. It's just a, a big life hack that I found. Um, in addition to working out too, love golfing, love skiing. Um, I play on a uh, softball men's league. So as you can tell, when it comes to recreation, yeah, pretty much anything uh, that gets me out and moving are, are things that I really like to do. There we go. There we go. And so you've been with ASIM Capital for five months. And now do you guys primarily bring the capital into a deal or do you also have your own acquisitions team? Yeah, it, it's more the uh, the former. So at our core, we're, we're more of an equity placement agent, you know, so we like to find best in class operators across many different commercial real estate food groups over the years we've invested in multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks, um, senior living. And more recently, we've branched out outside of uh, real estate, even into the world of ATM machines, which is something that's been really, really a good, a good move for us. And it's been really successful and our investors have been loving it. So it's been excellent. But yeah, we're more of a uh, 
equity placement agent, you know, the operators that we partner with, they're out there on the ground finding the deals and, you know, they find the deals and get them under contract. And just to give you a really quick, quick and easy to understand example, let's say that uh, an operator in Dallas gets a big multifamily building under contract and the operator needs to raise $20 million in equity. Well, maybe they can't raise the full $20 million on their own. So what they'll do is they'll bring in companies like us who have a really good capital raising capability. And we might bring a slice of equity to the table, you know, on that $20 million deal, we might bring anywhere from, you know, two to $4 million of equity to uh, help the sponsor to, to fund the deal. So that's really the niche that we play in, in the world of real estate. Gotcha. I love it. And how do you guys vet your sponsors? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it for sure. Uh, one of the main things that we look at right off the bat is, is historical track record. Um, you know, how long have they been in business? Have they been through a cycle before? Uh, there are a lot of new sponsors out there who, who haven't been, and that's not necessarily a complete deal breaker for us. We find plenty of deal sponsors who haven't been, who are really have their stuff together and who are good, but yeah, what's their historical track record? How long have they been in business? Um, uh, have they been through a cycle before? Um, we always have a lot of conversations with the sponsors before we invest with them as well and just get a feel for just their, their personal integrity too. Um, oftentimes we'll, most of the time actually, we'll actually invest personally with the sponsors before we bring our investors to the deal as well. Mm. We will do, if we are interested in a sponsor and we are interested in partnering with them, we always visit the properties as well, right? So it's like, okay, we found a really good sponsor that we want to partner with and do some business with. If they do get a project under contract that looks like it's going to be good and exciting, we always uh, visit the property and beyond the sponsor, then there's a lot of uh, kind of property level due diligence that we might perform as well. So yeah, it's a very uh, thorough process for vetting sponsors. Uh, a lot of the sponsors that we partner with, we do have a long relationship and a long track record with already. So really our goal is to find those really good sponsors, a lot of assets under management. They've been in business for a long time and to basically do business with them on a repeat basis over and over and over. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what we do there. I love it. There we go. Well, let's jump into your motivation, man. Tell us about what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Yeah. So in terms of motivation, you know, one thing for that really hits home for me, and this is a really good question, Timmy. It's something that I thought deeply about before we jumped on the call here. Um, what really motivates me is, is making, making my family proud is something that's really, really important to me. And in terms of what would make my family proud, it's, you know, living the right way, right? Like living in such a way that God would be proud. My family would be proud. That's, that's something that really resonates with me. You know, my, uh, my parents sacrificed a lot to raise me and my brother, to, uh, you know, to feed us, to raise us, to put clothes on our back, to take us to school and whatnot, to give us opportunities. Um, so making my family proud is definitely something that's, that's really, really important to me and, and motivates me every single day. Um, also, I'm at, I'm at a point in my life, I don't, I don't have kids or anything yet, but God willing, I will have kids someday. I'd love, I'd love to be a father someday. So that's something else that motivates me too, is I want to develop into the type of person that I, that can be a great role model for, for my kids someday too. So that's something that I uh, definitely think about a lot. And 
Then there's also the element too, is I, I have some intrinsic motivation just to become the best version of myself too. You know, it's like when I finish out life and in my days here are numbered, I don't want to look back with any regrets. You know, I want to look back and say, Hey, you know what? I stepped to the plate and I, and I took swings. I didn't just come home and watch Netflix every night. I really tried to make a difference and try to become the best possible version of myself. So there's definitely that motivation of just becoming the best version of myself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us about your vision for your role at ASIM Capital, maybe the company's vision as well, and then your vision for your personal life as well. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So this is this is an interesting one because the year of 2021 has really brought a lot of a lot of changes in my life personally. Before I joined ASIM Capital, I had what you'd call the golden handcuffs, right? I had a really good W high paying W-2 job. And I'd worked really hard to get that position. And as I was working in that role and really just trying to learn and grow, I got to a point where I realized, you know what, it just it kind of felt like this particular role just wasn't really serving me anymore. It's one of those things. There were different times throughout my career where I just, I kind of got that feeling. And it's one of those things where if your heart just continues to whisper to you that something just isn't quite right, you probably need to listen to it, you know, and, and, and consider how you might be able to do something else. So, you know, coming into 2021, my goal, one of my big goals would have been, Hey, I want to leave the W2 job behind and become a successful real estate entrepreneur. And as I got into 2021, that's really started to, to take shape, right? I've been able to come on to ASIM Capital as a partner and it's really, it's, it's really been awesome. So as I think about the next phase of that, it's really just, I'm with a firm now with ASIM, my business partner and I really see, see eye to eye and we get along great. So I can see a longer term sort of thing with ASIM. So now it's like, what can we do to really pour gas on that fire and really accelerate that business and take it to the next level? You know, that's where my mindset's at. So as we roll into 2022, how can we double the amount of capital that we raise? How can we double the amount of investors that we help and that we place into really good real estate investments? That's really, that's really my kind of more of near-term goal and vision from a professional standpoint is to really amp up this, uh, this ASIM, the ASIM brand and the ASIM company and try to take the company to the next level. And as I think longer term and more on a personal level, this links back to the motivation a little bit where I'd say for me, becoming an amazing father, husband, and role model is really uh, just a high level goal that I'm always going to be striving for long-term and, and more financially too. I'd love to get to a point someday from where from my efforts in the world of real estate, I've got enough passive income where it's significant enough where I can live just a highly free and, and flexible sort of lifestyle and really to be able to spend time with kids and do that sort of thing, whether it be coaching their games and that sort of thing, it would be really nice to just have that freedom and flexibility. I love that. Do you have a number for that passive income monthly? You know, I don't really. That's a that's a good question. I, I don't. I don't. It, pr- it probably would benefit me to really hone that in and, and to pick a specific number. But at this point, I, I don't have a specific one. If you just had to ballpark for us, 
Oof, if I had to just ballpark for you. It'd be nice to have, this is probably a little bit excessive, to be honest. It's probably a little bit more than what I would need, but if we're going to, if we're going to shoot high here, we might as well. Right. I mean, it'd be nice to have like a million bucks annually of passive income. I love it. That, that would be pretty sweet because that would give us the ability to really do whatever we want as a family, but at the same time, leave a legacy too. Right. Maybe there's an element of a family business that gets created from that. Maybe it's a, some sort of family office or something that we've got business ventures and exciting things that we can work on as a family, as we move, this is way out into the future. But yeah, if I just think really long-term, that's something that I think would be really cool and really satisfying. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome. What is that? Like $10 million invested at 10%. That's yeah. Yep. Yep. That's about right. Yeah. That doesn't sound too crazy. I think you got yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that you broke it down like that and quantified. It's like, okay, I, th I think we can do this. Man. I think <laughs> we can do it. Yeah. So thanks for helping me with that thought exercise there. Yeah, no, of course. Well, I love to do. Well, awesome, man. Let's hear a little bit more about your journey. Now you talked about the golden handcuffs with your W2. I want to hear specifically about some of the thoughts that were going through your head when you left the W2 for ASIM Capital. Like, was there any fear? Were there any limiting beliefs? And if there were, how did you get through them? Yeah, very good question. So there definitely was fear. There definitely was fear for, for sure. Because as I was going through that process and I was going through the process of leaving the W-2 job, just to give you a little bit more of the, the fact pattern here, um, had a highly successful career there, did, did really good, both in public accounting and corporate finance. And uh, yeah, just kind of got to a point where I felt like I was stalling out a little bit. Um, I don't I wouldn't say that I necessarily reached my peak there. I think if I would have continued to grind it out, I probably could have continued to climb the ladder, but I looked at a few different things and I was thinking about a few different things. I mean, first of all, I had access in my role to really see for a large publicly traded company, what folks in the C-suite do and, and it's hard work, you know, it, it's a grind, it's, it's tough. And as I thought about designing my life in such a way that I could create a life that I love to live that pays me to live it. I just, I kind of felt like that maybe wasn't in the equation. You know, I wanted a little more freedom and a little more latitude. So as I was going through that process, there definitely was fear because I had put a lot into it, man. Like I, you know, went the public accounting route then I worked in corporate finance and I just, I worked exceptionally hard to get to where I was. So to leave that behind and to do something else was definitely a bit scary. Um, yeah. So there, there definitely was a lot of, a, a lot of fear there for sure. And in terms of limiting beliefs, there were some li limiting beliefs there too. Some of the things that I did to overcome those limiting beliefs is that I, I worked really hard at my craft to be able to understand how I could take my financial skill set and apply that to a commercial real estate, private equity sort of setting. Because one thing that I think is really important, I'm going to go on a little bit of, ta of a tangent here, but I'll bring it back, is when you think about what you might want to do long term and what you might want to do for your life, you, you hear a lot of times people say, okay, we'll find your passion and follow that. And I think people need to be very, very careful with that sort of advice. I mean, just case in point, my brother is a golf junkie, like he loves golf, but and that's his passion. But if he just followed that, that might not necessarily serve him. And you can think about many other people who that might not 
if they follow their passion, it might not serve them. From my perspective, I think it's a lot more important to spend some time really, really getting good at something, you know, pick something, pick a niche, spend some time really getting good at it and mastering it because with mastery comes satisfaction too. And you can find a lot of happiness in that as well. And once you get heading down that path, if you find that what you've mastered isn't necessarily what you want to do longer term, maybe what you'll find out, and this is what I found out, is that you can take that skill set and you might be able to find something that's adjacent to it. You might be able to find some way to apply that skill set in a different setting that's really going to light you up and get you just much more passionate and inspired. And that's kind of what I did. You know, I, uh, found out about real estate. I started investing in real estate back in 2016. I kind of found out about it by accident. I, uh, you know, like I said, I had a good W2 job. So I was starting to build up some savings and I was like, well, yeah, well, if I could buy an investment property and have the tenants pay the rent for me and that pays the loan down, well, I can build some equity that way. So I went out and bought that first property. And through that process, I just happened to realize, wow, I really, really like this. And if you fast forward, as I started to think about building a real estate business that could scale, I realized that buying single family homes and duplexes, while you, you can do it, it's a lot more difficult. You can scale a lot quicker if you start thinking about bigger properties and, and commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. So tying this back to overcoming the uh, limiting beliefs is that I realized that I wanted to head the commercial real estate direction but I didn't just sit on my hands and do nothing about it. I started building skills in that arena. I went to conferences, I networked, I invested in passively with my own money so that I could learn how commercial real estate works. I considered starting my own syndication firm too, and even hired somebody to give me some one-on-one -on -one coaching to learn how to underwrite commercial real estate deals. So I did a lot of preparation on my own and then when the time came, while well, I was a little bit nervous about it, and there certainly were some limiting beliefs because I hadn't worked in commercial real estate formally in a professional setting quite yet, I did have that confidence of knowing that, hey, listen, I've got some skills that are translatable, but at the same time, I've spent that time doing that self-study, that self-work to really make sure that I was ready. So I did have some limiting beliefs, but at the end of the day, I was very confident and I think it, uh, and I think it set me up to really, to really do well at, uh, out of the gate there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think that advice about not just following your passion, but getting like a very useful skill is very sound advice. <laughs> it's something like what I found is that I really, really love like kind of pushing people to bet on themselves and like take a chance and go into entrepreneurship and live their dreams and goals. But I'm like, you really have to think about the monetization piece of it. And without having something that's very like hardcore useful, it's going to be really hard to monetize. Like Absolutely. Really, you're either going to have a service or a product that's really useful, or you're going to build up an audience, which takes time. And then there are plenty of ways you can monetize an audience. And that's like, really the only things you're going to do. So right. Right. Yeah, man. Those hard skills are very useful is what I'm learning. It, it's super important. And, and Tony Robbins has a saying that, that I love. I might butcher this, but I'm going to go ahead and try it. He says something to the effect of people are report, people are rewarded publicly for what they spend 
out for what they spend years practicing privately. Right. And I, and I feel like with my fact pattern and my evolution as a professional and as an investor to get to where I'm at today, there definitely was a lot of that going on because I kind of realized years ago, this is the direction that I want to go. And yeah, it was, it was nights and weekends and it was spending my own time to build the skills, to build the network, to make myself ready for this particular opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome, man. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they would help you take the next step towards really taking ASIM capital to the next level, as well as getting to your passive income number, who would they be and how would they do it? It's a great question. So who would it be? I'm not sure that I have a specific person off the top of my head that I could point to because I think about what we want to do, just linking back to our earlier conversation, it's really just pouring gas on what we're already doing and just accentuating it, growing it. Let's put out more content. Let's get more deals out. Let's build relationships with more amazing operators who can bring these deals to us. So it would be somebody who is ahead of where we are from how much capital they can raise each year. It's probably somebody who can raise hundred million dollars plus per year and in, in capital for, for real estate transactions. That's the type of person that I'd be interested in, in talking to and understanding a bit better how they got from point A to point B. That would be super helpful. And, you know, one of our, our theories on this too is, you know, we need to find investors who want to invest with us. That's a big part of what they do. We need to find people who know, like, and trust us and would prefer to invest with us rather than, you know, the other, uh, you know, there are a lot of very skilled operators and investors out there. So we've got to find more people who want to invest with us. And one of our theories around how that we can get there is producing more content. So for those of you who don't know ASIM Capital, we, we do have a podcast. Well, my, my business partner does started a podcast. It's the Cashflow Connections Real Estate Podcast, not to you know, promote ourselves too much here, but it recently received a million downloads. So what we're thinking is how can we really amp up the knowledge product that we're putting out there for the world to, to listen to? I'm really proud of the podcast that my business partner does. It's amazing. And we're kind of thinking through how can we go from two to three times per week to maybe even every day? Like, how do we really just open up the fire hose from a content perspective and bring even more helpful, actionable information to the world of real estate? And if we can really unlock that, we think that that could be a really big driver for our business. So when I think about who I might want to talk to, I mean, maybe it's somebody like Joe Fairless, who's had a daily real estate podcast for just many, many years now. So yeah, absolutely. Funny story about all that. Joe Fairless is the men was a mentor to Whitney Sewell, who also has a daily podcast. Oh yeah. And Whitney Sewell is the reason that I've taken this podcast daily. So kind of all comes uh full circle, but I'm glad that Hunter is making cash flow connections, right? Yes. Go daily. I think that'll be amazing. And the fact that it is very specific to like raising capital and that brand, I think that's going to be fantastic. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I don't think I can, I can't promise daily quite yet, 
but what I can promise is we're definitely going to try to amp up the, the amount of podcasts for sure. And yeah, and Whitney Sewell too, just wow, his story, just hearing about how he started the daily podcast and everything that went into it. It's, it's really incredible. I heard his story uh, recently at our uh, Raise Masters Real Estate Mastermind, and it just completely blew my mind. And it's a testament of the massive action that might be required to really get to where you want to be. Because Whitney, wow, like that guy took absolutely massive action to make that happen. Yeah, I heard a little bit of his story, and I'm pretty sure there were days where he would do 16 recordings in a day, just back to back to back to back. Like, it's just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. But but so impressive. So absolutely impressive. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Name the most important one or two things that everyday people can do both to help themselves accomplish their dreams, but also to help ASIM Capital get to the next level. Yeah. So the one thing that I mean, not to repeat what we've already touched on here, but I do think that it's really important to, like we talked about earlier, not necessarily following your passion, but really figuring out what you want to get good at. I I think I just can't, I can't state that enough. And if you really think about accomplishing your dreams, um, you know, for most of us, it's, it's some sort of lifestyle dream. It might be some sort of monetary dream in order to get those places. Yeah. It's really important that, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you add value to the world? Right. How can you find your niche of becoming competent so that you can give back to other people and improve their lives? I've heard people say before that, um, if you can, if you can, I mean, if you can give people what they're, what they want, what they're looking for, I mean, you can, you can always have whatever you're looking for. So, I think that that's uh, I think that's really important for people to really be able to get out there and you know kind of get after their dreams and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. And as for ASIM Capital, is it like sharing the podcast? Is it connecting you guys to operators? What what is it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sharing the podcast would be, would be a great start because the podcast I've listened to a lot of real estate podcasts and the ever since I've been investing in real estate. And I found ASIM Capital. I found Hunter through the podcast. It was random Google searches. I was trying to learn how to raise capital. I was trying to learn about commercial real estate. And I found the Cashflow Connections Real Estate Podcast. And before I joined ASIM as a partner, that was absolutely my go-to favorite real estate podcast, bar none. So I think people, if there are people out there who are interested in real estate, they're, they're interested in mindset, it's, I just, I can't speak highly enough about it. It's an excellent podcast. And, and with the reach that we have with that podcast now, we're able to attract some great guests and it's absolutely phenomenal. So that's definitely a, uh, a great place to start. And if you want to see what we're doing in a little more detail as well, you know, you can certainly follow myself or my business partner, Hunter Thompson on social media. You know, we're both on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on, on Twitter as well. So you can definitely follow us there. And then our website too, just asymcapital.com. You can always create an account there and get on our email list and, and follow along a little bit more closely with what we have going on. Love it. There we go. I'm pretty sure I'm on that email list actually. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, all of the stuff to contact them will be in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. 
my let's go with movie here and my favorite movie for many many years is uh is braveheart (laughs) it's one of those movies that i remember seeing it when i was a kid when i was a young man and it just hit me so hard and i watched it again within the last year because sometimes there might be movies that you really like when you're a kid and then you watch them again as an adult it's like wow that movie did not age well you know what i mean it's like wow that is not a good movie braveheart is an awesome movie and i think it will be forever it's amazing it's the goat and i just i i it's so inspiring it's one of those movies that's so inspiring you know just the the courage of i think the main character is william wallace it's uh it's so inspiring and i've even uh i've got a little home workout station down in my basement i've even uh worked out before to like braveheart battle scenes maybe you could try that if you want to but yeah, it's an absolutely amazing movie. And yeah, I love it. I can't recommend it enough. That's epic. You know, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to go watch it because I'm pretty sure that's like the third or fourth time it's been recommended on the podcast. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Yeah, like I touched on earlier, working out is is definitely super high on that list for me. I try to uh, get in the gym three to four times per week and even in those situations, we all get those situations where we get so crazy busy with, with life, whether it be, you know, you've got a big deal coming up that you're preparing for and you're trying to get ready to go for, or you've got, you're going to be gone for a couple of weeks on vacation, whatever it might be that gets you out of that routine and gets you out of, you know, your typical kind of health routine. One thing that I've done in the past and that I try to do when I'm really busy like that is the five minute workout. And everybody's got five minutes, right? Even if you are the craziest, most busy part of your professional career. I mean, if you can't carve out five minutes, you might have, you might have bigger problems, but what I do in situations where I get super duper busy, it's like, okay, I've got five minutes and my favorite five minute workout is basically to do a push up, stand up and do a body weight squat. And that's one. Then I, then you do two push ups and two body weight squats three push-ups, three body weight squats, four and four, five and five. You do as many as you can in five minutes. And at the end of that five minutes, you'll be breathing so hard. Your lungs are going to feel like they're bleeding. I'm not even joking. So yeah, if you get busy and you want to try to squeeze that workout in the five minute workout is a, is a good way to make it happen. Yeah. I love it. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to really hit that goal of just amping up the ASIM brand, but also your passive income number. Yeah, definitely. The main thing I'd say here is putting myself out there more in a setting just like this, Timmy. I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to come on your show because my personality type is I'm, I'm not the type that really puts myself out there a whole lot on social media or on podcasts and that sort of thing. And to get to where I want to be ultimately, not only professionally, but personally, I've got to be more willing to do this kind of stuff right here. So I think if I continue to put myself out there going on podcasts, making the thing happen on social media, I think that that's going to be really big, not only for our business, but also for my personal life as well, because it's, uh, yeah, overcoming certain, certain fears and things that I don't like doing just uh, putting myself out there and um, getting past those fears will be, will be really big going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Keep putting yourself out there. Well, I have, mm, I want to do one or two. I'll do two more questions. 
I'll do two more questions. And I want you to tell us a little bit about consistency and the effect that it has had in your life, the effect and the importance of it, and how people out there who are struggling with it can be more consistent. Hmm. Yeah, consistency is very important for sure. It's, you know, it's one of those things for me, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that uh, I tend to be pretty, pretty persistent by nature. Um, so luckily it's not something I have to, I have to work at too much, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really important. I mean, if you're not, if you're not consistent, it's going to be difficult for you to really build and master those skills that we talked about earlier. Becoming good at anything takes intentional practice. And it takes doing it over and over again. It takes working that muscle over and over again. So it's tell me, I mean, tell me one person who's been a master of their craft or great at anything who hasn't been consistent, you know, who hasn't practiced consistently. So it's very, very important. And I could just speaking from my own personal experience here, um, you know, when I first got into to real estate, some of the first deals that I did, they were smaller deals that I just did on my own account. And three out of the first five had major, major issues. Thankfully, I was able to overcome them and they weren't catastrophic and they didn't result in complete loss of capital. But I had a fourplex catch on fire and I had a massive insurance claim. Thank God nobody was injured in that. But that was a, that was a really big deal. Um, I had a contractor take money from me. I had another project that was supposed to take four months to complete, ended up taking close to a year and ran way over budget. And if I wasn't consistent, if I wasn't persistent, if I didn't really, if I wasn't willing to stick with it and roll with those punches, I would have been out of the game before I even got started, you know, but because I was consistent, because I stuck to it, because I kept, working and driving and trying to get better and to try to think of ways to prevent those issues from happening again. My career in the world of real estate has continued to grow. And, and now it's uh, getting to a place where it's starting to get very exciting. There we go. I love it. I love it. And what is this one requires a bit of pretext. I almost just asked it out. Right. So, you know, how there are people on the planet that have a, you know, a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. And sometimes they go through their whole life like that and they'll die like that. Other times they make a switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Hmm. Yeah, that's a interesting thought because it is, it is really important. This is, a, this is another one where tell me one successful person who doesn't have a growth mindset. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to have a hard time finding one. I mean, having a growth mindset is one of those things that is a trait that literally 99.9% of successful people probably have. They have that belief, belief in themselves that they can learn and they can grow and having that mindset is, is so important. And switching somebody from not having a growth mindset to having a growth mindset, I think would be a very, a very difficult task. I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think that uh, a lot of people 
who have growth mindsets, a lot of it's probably pretty ingrained, whether in their DNA or just through the way that they were raised and the way that they were brought up. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was raised in such a way. And I was raised in a family that we, we really valued hard work and, you know, you know, growing up, I just think about working with my dad and doing construction and that sort of thing. And, um, learning on the job and being pushed out of my comfort zone from a young age. And even athletics as a kid growing up too, just kind of being a skinny little dude who barely got to play in my freshman and sophomore year of football to, you know, being one of the leaders of the team by my senior year, you know, it's having those experiences while I was a young person and being able to see firsthand that I have the capacity and the ability to learn and to grow and my mindset's not fixed. I think being put in those environments as a young person where you have that opportunity to prove to yourself that you can learn and you can grow. I think that's, I think it's so important and so formative for young people. And because of that, if I ever do have kids, I will certainly encourage them to play sports. I don't think it'll be a mandate necessarily, but I know all the benefits that I got from it as a young person. And I think a big part of it is that growth mindset. So I don't know if that answered your question directly. I do think it's probably difficult to come from a place of not having one and change over to having one. But man, I just, I can't stress the importance of having a growth mindset to being successful, no matter, no matter what it is that you're pursuing. Yeah, man. I love that. One thing I noticed you said was community or you didn't say community, but you said that kind of environment, that football community, that football, like it facilitated that growth mindset because it, you know, put you in positions where you had to stretch yourself being with your dad on the job, you had to stretch yourself and, you know, you were successful and the people from that were around you expected that. And I do think that plays a huge role. So you did answer the question. (laughs) Indeed. And, And with something like football too, it's one of the football might be the most, the best proxy for real life for young people coming up because you get that immediate feedback mechanism, right? It's like, if you don't do something right, you're literally on your butt. Yep. And, 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 and that's, and that's learning, right? You learn quickly from that if you end up on your butt. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there we go. Tyler, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to meet and I had the the opportunity to come here and speak to your audience. I, I, I hope, I hope this was helpful. It's been fun chatting with you. Definitely through this conversation, I learned some things myself and picked up on some ideas and some thoughts that I didn't realize were in my brain. So yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, yeah, hope it's uh hope it's helpful for everybody. There we go. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. All right. Thanks, Timmy. Appreciate it. Yep. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Tyler had to say, you support ASIM Capital and you want to help him reach his passive income goals, make sure to share that podcast, introduce him to as many quality operators as possible, but also listen and perhaps invest with them. And as we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. 
Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.